0: Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillahil ladhi arsala rasoolahu bilhuda wa deenil haq il yudhirahu ala deen kulli wa kafa billahi shaheeda wa ashadu an ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Amma ba As to what proceeds my dearest, respectful brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Kahf, the last ayah of Surah Al-Kahf, Whoever hopes... To meet his Rabb, then let him do righteous deeds and let him not associate anybody with him in ibadah. The people of knowledge, they say that this, from this ayah, two important principles or conditions can be derived. As we all know, that the month of Ramadan has approached us. And every single Muslim has the wish or desire to do good deeds, good actions. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts his actions. And that by these actions, a person can get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in order for our actions to be accepted, They are conditions. If these conditions are not fulfilled, then our actions will not be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A simple example is that if a person was to pray salah, if he was to pray salah but he was to pray salah without wudu, without performing ablution, then his salah would be rejected and not accepted. Why? Because wudu is a condition for his salah to be accepted. If he did not make wudu, and if he was to pray all night, then that salah would not be accepted unanimously, agreed upon by everybody. In the same manner, in order for our good deeds to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah has stated that two conditions must be fulfilled. The first condition, my dearest respectful brothers, is Al-Ikhlas, sincerity. And what does Al-Ikhlas or sincerity mean? The people of knowledge have written hundreds of pages, books explaining what the term Al-Ikhlas means. But a great comprehensive explanation of Al-Ikhlas is Sidqun ma allah to be truthful in your intention with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to do that action sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the opposite of al-ikhlas is a shirk associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the punishment for this crime is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives everything, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forgive ashirk. shirk associating partners with him. As he has mentioned in the Qur'an where he states, that The second condition is al Al-Mutaba'ah Or to do an action in accordance to the guidance of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So every single action that we do, the manner in which we do this action, how we do it, should be in line or in accordance to the teachings of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If it is not in accordance to the guidance of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then this action will be rejected. And the opposite of al-mutaba'ah is al-bid'ah, a heresy, a heresy in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An action which is contrary to the guidance of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So these two conditions are like these two fingers. ما ينفك عن الآخر. They cannot be separated. So in order for a person, if uh, if if the person intends that Allah subhanahu wa taala accepts his actions, then he must fulfill these two conditions. So we have three scenarios. We have a person who is sincere. He is mukhlis. He does that action sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he fulfills the first condition. But his action is contrary to the teachings of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that action will be rejected. The second scenario is that a person, he does an action in line, and in accordance to the sunnah and guidance of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa but that action is not sincere. That action is not sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is not sincere when he does that action. That action will also be rejected. Why? Because he did not fulfill the first condition which is al-ikhras. Then you have the third scenario. Which is that a person when he does this action, he does the action sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also it is in guidance with the teachings of Muhammad Rasulullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa It is for this reason that we find that the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi whenever he would admonish the people, whenever he would give a sermon, in every single sermon he would say, addressing the companions Ridwan Allahi he would say to them, فَإِنَّ كل محدثة بدعة وإن كل بدعة That every single newly invented matter is a heresy in the religion, and every single heresy is misguidance. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi would say this, as it has been reported with a Sahih Sanad, report transmitted by Ahmad and Muslim and others. So what does this hadith mean? Why did the Prophet Sallallahu always focus on newly invented matters or heresies, or like we say, bid'at in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The Prophet always focused on this because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala sent him to teach mankind everything that they were in need of, and the Deen of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala was completed after the Prophet passed away. So the meaning of this hadith, where the Prophet said, Fa inna wa inna is that newly invented matters, muhdathat and bid'at and heresies in the Deen are rejected. But affairs related to eating, drinking, transactions that are permissible and customs that don't contradict the Sharia are permissible. Meaning that we are not allowed to change or amend anything in the Deen. Either by adding it, adding something to it, or subtracting something from it. The month of Ramadan is the best of all months, as we know. In this month, we have the best nights. This month is a month of blessing. It is a month which is known of making business tijara with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The rewards starting from ten fold up to seven hundred, and in these, in this month, this month is distinguished by two acts, uh, two acts which every single Muslim does, and thats is is as-siyam wal-qiyam. The month starts with al-qiyam. And it's followed up with siyam. so we fast and we stand in the night prayer in this month. The Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith reported by Al Bukhari, he said, "Man iman wa ma taqaddama min dambi. That whoever fasts the month of Ramadan with iman and ihtisab, meaning hoping for a reward from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, then all his past sins will be forgiven, meaning his minor sins. As for major sins, the condition for them to be forgiven is that you make tawbah. And then the Prophet ﷺ said in another hadith, he said, مَنْ قَامَ رَمَضَانَ وَإِحْتِسَامًا غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِن That whoever stands in the night prayer with iman, with ihtisab, hoping a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then all his previous sins will be forgiven, meaning his minor sins. And then the Prophet said in another hadith, he said, Mankam laylatul Qadr, ma min whoever stands in the night prayer on Laylatul Qadr with Iman, having firm belief, and hoping with ihtisab hoping for a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive for him his past sins. As we know, Laylatul Qadr, the night of Al Qadr. The night, of a, the night of decree is better than a thousand months. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the Quran, Laylatul Qadri khayrun min al-Fishar." So, after all this, knowing all this, knowing the virtues of this great month, that how much a Muslim will be rewarded by observing fasting and standing in the night prayer, then the person who follows the way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is upon the methodology of the people of Sunnah, then for him this is sufficient. For him this is sufficient that he sticks and adheres to this, and he follows the guidance of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that if he follows the actions that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam recommended to do in this month, then his month, he, this month, will be blessed for him. His ibadah will be blessed, but sadly. When we look around us and when we look at the reality and the state of the Muslims, we see that a lot of bid'at, heresies, are being pra- practiced in our communities. And it is obligatory upon the scholars and the students of knowledge to warn against them publicly so the innocent are saved from being doomed and destroyed and their actions not to be rejected as we know that the prophet sallallahu in every single sermon every time he would admonish the, the sahaba and there were no heresies during the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi but still the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam would caution and warn the muslims against the heresies because the prophet sallallahu alaihi knew of the dangers of the bid'at of the heresies that if they crept into the muslim ummah the catastrophe and the cause and the harm that they will do for the Muslims. It is for this reason that we find a beautiful story that I want to narrate to you with regards to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu who was a major scholar from amongst the companions Ridwan Allahi alayhim and Abu Musa al-Ashari and they narrate that the students, they say that we were sitting at the door of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud before the Fajr prayer. So the students of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, they would go to the Sheikh's house and they would wait for the Sheikh for Salatul fajr So that they could walk with him to the masjid and ask him questions. So that if he came out, we could walk with him to the masjid. And we find this Alhamdulillah practice today, that many of the students of knowledge, they go to the teachers, to the sheikh's house, And they walk with them from their houses to the masjid. So that even that duration or that small walk, they can benefit from them. They said, Abu Musa al-Ashari, he came when he saw the students of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud waiting for him. So he asked the students of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, Has Abu Abdul Rahman come out? Has he come out to you yet? Abu Abdul Rahman was the kunya of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. So the students replied, they said, No. So he sat with us until he came out. So the students say that Abu Musa al Asheri he sat with us and waited for Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And when he came out, meaning Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, we were sitting, we all stood up. So Abu Musa al Asheri radiallahu anhu, another companion, but lesser in knowledge to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said to him, Oh Abu Abdul just now I saw something in the masjid. A masjid in Kufa, this was in Kufa, in Iraq, that I have never seen before. He said, I saw something happening in, our, in this masjid, which I have never seen happen before. But I do not think it was anything but good. Meaning that what I saw from that which was apparent is that it didn't seem anything but that it seemed to be good. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud عنه, asked Abdullah asked Abu Musa al-Ashari, he said, what was it? What did you see? He said, if you live, you will see it. Meaning that if you live, you will see what these people are doing. He said, in the masjid, I saw some people sitting in circles, waiting for the prayer. In every circle there was a man. And in their hands they had pebbles. He said, this man would say, Allahu Akbar 100 times. And then the people would say after him, Allahu Akbar. And then this man would say, La ilaha illallah 100 times. And they would say, La ilaha illallah 100 times. And then he would say, Subhanallah 100 times. And then they would say, Subhanallah 100 times. He said, What did you say to them? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud anhu said to Abu Musa al He said, What did you say to these people who you saw practicing and doing these actions? He says, I was waiting to see what you think. And I waited for your command. This is to show that the people always referred back to the people of knowledge. When it came to the affairs of the religion, even a noble companion, such as Abu Musa al-Ashiri, did not give fatwa. He went to somebody, who he knew was qualified, and more knowledgeable, and waited, and referred back to him, and asked him, what do you think, about this action that they did? He said, what do you think? He said, I waited for your command. He said, why did you not tell them, to count their bad deeds? And guarantee, to them and guarantee, them that their good deeds would not be wasted. Then he moved on and we moved on with him until he came to one of the circles and he stood over them and said. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is now refuting and rejecting this action where the people have been sitting down and doing this hundred times. He says "He says to them, he went to the masjid in Kufa and he saw this, these circles. He says, what is this that I see you doing? They said, oh Abdul, Abu Abdul Rahman, these are stones which we count the takbirs and the tahleels and the tasbih. He, he said, You are counting your bad deeds. For I guarantee to you that none of your good deeds will be lost. Woe to you, O Ummah of Muhammad! How, how quickly you have become doomed. His companions are still alive, and his cloak has not worn out. Meaning, the cloak of Muhammad Rasulullah is still with us. And his vessel is not yet broken, meaning the vessels of the Prophet ﷺ are still present and you have left the guidance of Muhammad Rasulullah and you are swaying away from the guidance of Muhammad Rasulullah. And then Abdullah ibn Masud he said, By the one in whose, in whose hands is my soul, you are either following a way that is more guided than the way of Muhammad, ﷺ, or you are opening the door to misguidance. They responded back to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and they said, By Allah, O Abu Abdul Rahman, We intend nothing but good. He said, How many of those who intend good did not achieve it? So this shows my brothers and sisters in Islam. This narration has been reported by Dharami and the son of this Hassan, that how many people intend to do good, but they do not achieve good. Why? These people were sitting in the masjid. What did they intend? What were they doing? Were they sinning? No. They were saying, Allahu Akbar 100 times. They were saying, Subhanallah 100 times. They were saying, Alhamdulillah 100 times. But what happened? What did Abdullah ibn Mas'ud say to them? He said to them, that the, this action that you are doing is actions of misguidance. These takbirat and tahleelat that you are doing are not going to be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Going back to the principle, like I mentioned in Surah Al-Kaf, that they intended to do good, they were sincere, but this action of theirs was not in accordance to the guidance and teachings of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu because this is not how the Prophet sallallahu taught us that when we glorify Allah, that we should glorify Allah. By saying Allahu Akbar on sitting in circles, and then everybody in unison saying Allahu Akbar a hundred times, and subhanallah a hundred times, and alhamdulillah a hundred times. Abdullah ibn Masood said, this is not how the Prophet ﷺ told us to do the dhikr. This is something which has been newly invented by you. This is something which you have newly introduced, and anything that is newly invented, anything that is newly introduced in the deen of Allah, is considered as a heresy in the deen of Allah, is considered a bidah, in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aqulu qawli hadha astaghfiru Allah li wa lakum wa li sa'iril muslimin fastaghfiru innahu huwal ghafurur rahim alhamdulillah alhamdulillah was salatu was salaamu ala rasulillah so my respectful brothers and sisters in Islam. What we understand from the incident and the story of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Abu Musa al-Ash'ari that happened in Iraq, in Kufa, is that when a person intends to do a good action, we look at the quality of the action, not the quantity of the action. We look at the action, whether this action that a person is doing, is in line with the teachings of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu Otherwise, this action will not be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I have noticed in the UK, many people have done that they do many actions, and we do not doubt the sincerity of many of these Muslims. Like I mentioned that many are sincere. When Abdullah ibn Mas'ud questioned them, they said that we don't intend anything but good. Abdullah ibn Masood says that not everybody who intends good reaches to the good. So there are things that are found within our localities, within our communities that are considered to be heresies, considered to be bid'at in our religion. And we need to be aware of them so that we can save ourselves and we do not fall into this type of heresy or misguidance. And also we need to Tell our sincere Muslim brothers and sisters as well, that when we learn about them, that they are also warned and cautioned against such um, acts which are, in co- which are contrary to the guidance of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I will mention a few of them quickly. أقول I say, from amongst the most popular heresies spread, or that are spread in the UK are? Number one, relying upon astronomical calculations to to start fasting and celebrating Eid. The way of the people of Sunnah, Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, they believe that you have to sight the new moon or the crescent. Astronomical calculations are not accepted. And this is in accordance to the hadith of Ibn Umar, which has been reported by Al-Bukhari in his Sahih. Also we see that when the month of Ramadan enters, we see many Muslims, they light up the streets, and they decorate the streets. Again, this is not from the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is an action which is rejected. Also from the heresies that have entered into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is fasting on the day of doubt, Yawm al So for example, when you find that there is a dispute amongst the Muslims, that whether it's the 29th of Sha'ban or the 30th of Sha'ban, some people they say that, you know what, we will just fast to be on the safe side. But the Prophet ﷺ forbade from this. And also fasting one or two days before the month of Ramadan. We find that many people, they fast one or two days before the month of Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ, he forbade fasting one or two days before the month of Ramadan, except for the one who fasts um, regularly. That is in the, from amongst the innovation, from amongst the heresies that have Entered into the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is this concept of imsak. So you have these timetables. And on your timetables you have the time for fajr. And then you have a, a, a column. And on this column it says imsak, which is about 20 minutes. So people, they stop eating 20 minutes before the time of al-fajr. This is a heresy. This is a bid'ah in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As a suhoor is considered suhoor, as mentioned by Zayd or radiallahu anhu, uh, between the suhoor and the Fajr prayer of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi there was a gap or a period of 50 ayat to be recited. So the people who stop, for example, if Fajr is about 4.55, they, st- they stop eating at 4.35 because they say imsak is at 4.35. So in reality, you are able to eat and take your pre-dawn meal all the way up to the adhan of Salat al-Fajr. So this is another innovation that we find. We find that people... They, um, not, this, not due to the pandemic, but we find in many of the masajids, the people, they make congregational du'a before breaking your fast. So the people will gather up in the masjid, and before they break their fast, the imam will come, and everybody will make a congregational du'a, and he will make a du'a aloud, and this was something which the Prophet wasallam never used to do. For those who pray 20 rakat taraweeh, after every 4 rakats, they say this du'a. Subhanadil mulki wal malakut, Subhanadil admati wal haybati wal qudrati wal kibiriyai wal jabaroot. They say this dua. This dua is not from the sunnah of the Prophet. There is no evidence for this dua. So we also find that on Laylatul Qadr, we find many Muslims they pray this salah called Salatul Qadr, which is 1000 rak'at. There is no evidence for this in the sunnah of the Prophet. We also find from amongst the in, uh, the heresies or the bid'at in the month of Ramadan is that the delaying of the adhan of al-maghrib to be on the safe side. So they postpone, they delay the adhan of al-maghrib, where the Prophet told us that we should hasten in breaking our fast. But people in many of the masajid they they, they delay and they postpone adhan al-maghrib and they say just to be on the safe side. Also, we find. One of the innovations or one of the heresies that has, has um, been spread like a cancer amongst many of the Muslims is that on this timetable, you see that they say the dua for fasting. And then there is a dua which is written in Arabic, Nawaitu an asuma that the dua is made literally. The dua is made literally. There is a dua. There is no dua for fasting. The mahallun niyya is the heart, the qalb. The intention is made in the heart, not upon the tongue. This is how the Sahaba Ridwanallahi Alayhim would make the intention for fasting. When you take your suhoor, when you sit down to have your suhoor, this is your intention for fasting. You don't need to verbally say your intention. Verbally saying your intention is a bid'ah, is a heresy in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then we see another you know, we see another heresy another bid'ah that has spread within the muslim ummah that when the masjid when the imam completes the khatam of the quran when they complete the quran when the whole quran is recited they distribute sweets or they tell the imam to blow over the water these are all heresies these are all bid'at in the deen of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we don't find that the sahaba or the prophet alaihi wasallam doing any of these actions from amongst the actions that are also considered to be a bid'ah in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is specifically visiting the graveyard after Eid Salah. You see this, that on after the Eid Salah, you see the graveyards, all the Muslims after praying the Eid Salah, they go towards the graveyard. To specifically single out visiting the graveyard on Yomul Eid is a bid'ah, is a an, is an heresy, in the deed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't find that the Sahaba and the Prophet specifically after the Eid prayer, that they would visit the graveyard on Yawm al Eid. So my respectful brothers, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts our fasting, accepts our taraweeh, and accepts our good deeds. But you need to realize that the most important thing in the month of Ramadan is the, quantity, is the quality of your action, not the quantity of your action. That every action that you do, every good deed that you do, that you hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you, you have to check and verify that that action is in accordance to the teachings of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And these two conditions, al-ikhlas and al mutabaa are both fulfilled. If these two conditions are not fulfilled for any little action that you do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept your action. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept your action. It is because it is Allah that has put down these two conditions for us. That our actions will only be accepted by Allah if we are sincere. And we follow the guidance of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he grants us the tawfiq to act upon the sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah and that he truly makes us from Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, truly makes us those who are Sunnis who follow the sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah and protects us from the heresies, from the bid'at in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon, wassalamun ala al-mursaleen, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.